Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. And today, if you've missed any of the show so far, you're going to want to go to the podcast, Trust Me, and hear Hour One uh, with Pastor Andy Davis. We took, talked about the book of Job. Now, I'm going to have an opportunity to speak to uh, Dr. Brent McDougall, and we're going to uh, talk about how God speaks and the importance of being in God's Word. And we're going to look at Psalm 19 today. I don't know why it's such a great day for me, but I'm having the best day, and I love us being engaged in God's Word, and I love that we can be growing in our faith, and I just love that there's so many people that God leads to this show, like Brent, who's going to be teaching on Psalm 19 today. He's a senior pastor at First Baptist Church of Knoxville, Tennessee, and I'm so glad to have him back. He wrote a book uh, on... George Mueller called Prayer Power, 40 Days of Learning to Pray Like George Mueller, and it is a spectacular book. So anyway, we're not talking about that today necessarily, but we are going to talk about Psalm 19. Brent, welcome back. Bill, great to be with you. Thanks for the invitation. Oh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to talking about how God speaks and how important it is to be in God's Word. You know, the journey I've been on, Bill, um, in writing the book on prayer, and now I feel like uh, God has been leading me just to appreciate more and more the importance of scripture memorization and just being in God's word, because this is where we learn the heart of God, where we know who we are and what we're called to do. So I'm glad to be able to share a word with you about that today. And I love Psalm 19, just so you know, you picked a great one. (laughs) Well, I mean, Psalm 19 was C.S. Lewis's favorite psalm. I did and, not know that. Uh, yes, he uh, he loved uh, the way it described God's way, and um, and just this call to join all of creation in listening to God's word because God's speaking, and uh, to let that word inform all the meditations of our hearts. Yeah. Now, Brent, there's a lot of people in their car right now, so they can't open their Bible and read Psalm 19. So sure. I think it'd be really nice and very helpful if we. Uh, went through it ourselves, and let's see, there are exactly uh, 14 verses, so let's take each, each take seven. Yes, all right, sounds good. You lead You're off. You're going to start? No, you lead <laughs> off. Okay, great. Here's Psalm 19. It's written by David. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, 
and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, in keeping them there is great reward. But, the, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That is Psalm 119 all 14 verses. And I was just, during the break, I was talking to Ryan, my producer, about bees, about the worker bee, as we even look at the word is more precious than gold, sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. And the worker bee can fly 15 miles an hour and flaps his wings 200 times a second. Go figure. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I love that that sort of central idea how... It's saying that, you know, God's word that is found in scripture, as well as God's word written in the heavens, that there's nothing greater um, that we can experience. There's no more important word that we can hear, no greater guide for our lives. There's nothing more satisfying than knowing and doing God's word. And I think about the way that it describes God's word, because it's in contrast to the to the many words that humans speak today. And just as it says in First uh, Corinthians 13, you know, one day all the words are going to be silenced. One day all the opinions, um, the greatest of human wisdom is going to vanish, but God's word is going to endure forever. So if that's true, then why don't we spend more time in God's word and, uh, and experience how it really is sweeter than honey from the honeycomb? Uh, Brent, let's... Let's look at some of these verses just slowly and one at a time, if we can. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. How do you understand that? Yes. So, you know, I understand this as like a, a continuous fountain of knowledge about God that comes through creation. Just as a beautiful painting says something about the one who painted it, <laughs> so it is that God's creation also pours forth speech. You know, this past week I was in Croatia and I was walking along a path <clears throat> near the uh, Adriatic Sea. As I passed that little um, shoreline, I uh, happened to catch a, a song that was coming from a radio and it was Ray Charles singing uh, What a Wonderful World, or I'm sorry, Louis Armstrong singing What a Wonderful World. And <clears throat> as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about how God speaks through all creation so that the wonderful world that we see is really a wonderful word from God. Uh, it's nonverbal, but, but the Bible says we can know a lot about God's power and qualities just by looking at creation. So powerful. Uh, Pastor uh, Brent McDougall is my guest, and we're in Psalm 19 today. I, I love that it says that they day after day they pour forth speech, and night after night they reveal knowledge. It's, it is, there's no limit to this, is there? It's continuous. That's right. It's continuous. And isn't it interesting, Bill, that it says that they don't just pour forth, you know, general words, they pour forth knowledge. Now that's interesting. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> that suggests that there's something to be learned from creation. You know, there's, there's something that is of value there 
um, in the way that creation speaks, speaks. And so um, the voice goes throughout all the earth uh, to the ends of the world, it says, the knowledge of who God is. So it's, it's always declaring God's glory, and it's speaking to the works of God's hands. And, you know, Bill, because that's true, uh, every person on the planet, every person on every continent and nation and island can grasp the basic facts about God. And it also reminds us in Romans that because that's true, every person will one day give an account to God. Um, remember, Bill, how it says in Romans 1, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities mm -hmm. have been clearly seen. They are understood by what's been made so that people are without excuse. That's Romans 1.20. So there's this general word of knowledge that is given to all of uh, all the people on the planet. And isn't that a wonderful expression of, of God's goodness to humanity? Yeah. Uh, Brenton, in, in contrast to the mindless chatter that we live with today, it's so uh, powerful to be reminded of that night after night, he pours forth knowledge and reveals knowledge. Yes. Sometimes I like to go outside and just look up at the stars and uh, I can hear the sounds of the night. We live up on a little hill where there's lots of trees and birds and uh, things crawling around. And, and I tell you, Bill, I, I, um, I don't, I don't hear uh, an audible sort of word from God, you know, like a, like a sentence or something, but it's more of a, of a sense of the heart of just God speaking. And I, I feel a sense of centeredness when I, when I get out in creation because God's speaking and I need to hear those words. And Brent, safe to say you've got so much scripture in your head that it's easy for God to speak to you. <laughs> you know, I, I love the way you said that. I, I, I wouldn't say that's true about me. I, I want more of that. But, um, but I do think the more scripture that you have um, memorized and really kind of taken into your heart, you know, like we're just as it says in God's word, you know, that one day the, the words of God will be written on our hearts, not, not written on a scroll or on a tablet somewhere. The more that you can call forth those words from within your soul, my goodness, what a what a gift of peace that brings. Mm -hmm. Pastor Brent McDougall is my guest. We're talking today about how God speaks and the importance of being in God's Word. I'll tell you, a great way to stay in God's Word is to uh, sign up to get our verse of the day. And you can do that at myfaithradio.com. It's this really beautiful scripture graphic, and we'll send it right to your email box and all you got to do is sign up at myfaithradio.com. You'll like having that. We're going to take a short uh, break. And we'll get some great information and content during the break. And after 90 seconds, we're back with Brent talking about uh, how God speaks and the importance of being in God's Word. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. Welcome to the show. If you just joined me, I've got uh, Dr. Brent McDougall as my guest. He is the senior pastor of the First Baptist Church of Knoxville, Tennessee, and he has also written an incredible book called Prayer Power, 40 Days of Learning to Pray Like George Mueller. We're not really talking specifically about his book today. We're just talking about how God speaks and the importance of being in God's Word. And I am never going to be tired of that topic 
because that is what we should be thinking about doing every day, every waking hour. And we're focus- focusing today on Psalm 19, which is a favorite uh, psalm of mine, and I, and I hope you spend time with it today or tonight, because I know you'll be blessed by it. It's a powerful, powerful psalm. So, Brent, we've decided that this knowledge that gets revealed to us as it pours out in the night and day um, is is what God, is one of the ways God speaks to us, which is so amazing. That's right. So I believe, Bill, that's why it's so important to spend time outside. You know, we weren't meant to live in air conditioning all all the day, you know, even though I, I really appreciate it at this time of the year. But, you know, something happens when we get out in creation and we turn off the screens and set aside our phones and and just um, be amazed at the diversity and the wonder of creation. I think that helps to connect us back to our spiritual center. And maybe it's even an echo bill of the Garden of Eden, you know, when we were, you know, in harmony with um, with God's world. So it's one way that we can listen to God's voice is by is by getting out and, you know, marveling like what it says in the psalm about the, the sun that goes from one side to the other, warming everything in its pathway and and um, and helping us to experience more of God's glory. I I think I said this as as early as this week, Brent. But we we never tire of beauty. We just, we just never ever get tired. So when you go outside and and you see a, a beautiful field and you think everything resonates because God created it, and it's just so amazing how things work together. And we never go, eh, bored of that. What else? We usually always are amazed at the gorgeous beauty and design of creation. That's right. And what does it say about God that um, God designs such beautiful things and that we are drawn to that beauty? I believe it speaks to just the wonderful creativity and the splendor that uh, the Bible attests to about God's nature over and over you know, the, the Bible can't get enough of, of those words that describe God as being radiant, majestic, uh, completely above all and in all. And um, and so when we experience beauty, I believe that we're, we're tapping into the sacred nature of God in the world. Mm-hmm. Brent, let's uh, connect the dots for me on verse three. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Who are we talking about? I believe that that's talking about the works of creation. So, you know, a tree doesn't have the words like humans use, doesn't have language like you might hear. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. You didn't see the Wizard of Oz? (laughs) In in spite of the magic of the movies. uh, Okay. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I think that it's sort of saying it's starting to make a little bit of a contrast to human speech versus the nonverbal speech that we find out in God's creation. And so I believe it's actually sort of setting up the way in which we experience the second way that God speaks, that's through the written word, you know, through the the, the verbal words that we can experience. So uh, creation has no words like we have, no speech is heard, and yet there's still a voice that's found in, in all of it. And that word, that voice goes out to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. Verse four, yet the voice goes out unto all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Um, and I think that that's uh, a metaphor or an idea God is pointing to because it, it sort of is a comprehensive way of describing um, or connecting the voice of God. So all around the world, you know, uh, just as it says in the book of Matthew, the 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 rains fall on the on the righteous and the unrighteous. Well, it's also true that the sun shines on the righteous and the unrighteous. And so God has pitched a tent in the heavens for the sun uh, and it and it emerges uh, each morning to bless the earth like a champion running its course. And then every every single creature on the planet is the beneficiary of its warmth. So I believe that this is a way of um, poetically saying that God's voice really is uh, available to every person alive. Uh, it's not held back. If we would have ears to hear it, we're going to hear God speaking. Mm-hmm. Brent, I'd love for you to just elaborate a little more on the rain falls on the just and unjust alike. Yes. Well, so that comes from Matthew 5, and Jesus is teaching that word about how we're called to love our enemies. Uh, that was such a, a shocking teaching. Oh, yeah. In the day of Jesus. Amazing. Um, really separated him from the other teachers. And so he says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, um, do good to those who hate you. Because he says, what good does it do if you only love the people that love you? You know, what good does it do if you only treat the people that you love well? And then it's the um, the the pivot where it says, you know, God loves the righteous and the unrighteous. God gives good things to both. So Jesus says, because that's true and the rain falls on both, demonstrating God's perfect love for humanity, then then you be perfect. You know, you can love your enemies because God also loves people that even would would turn away from God. Mm-hmm. And Brent, some of the images of a bridegroom coming out of his chamber or a champion rejoicing to run his course. Those are really strong images. That's right. Isn't it beautiful? You know, I mean, God is so good. Uh, God speaks in ways that we can understand, you know. When we think about that idea of the bridegroom who leaves the chamber, um, his own chamber to go uh, essentially out uh, to meet the uh, meet the bride mm-hmm. or the champion who is at the starting line and uh, and is just launching into the race. But the champion, it seems like, has already won the race. You know, they're the champion. So uh, this is the way that that God comes forth in the day. Uh, this is the way that God's words um, enter into our lives day by day, and um, and uh, it's a it's a victory, right? I mean, totally. that's, that's sort of the way this is described. It's a it is it is God's word going out through the whole earth like a like a victory cry, and um, and uh, and a shout of triumph of, of God being over all creation. Brent, is that just not a really happy thought? If we're going to have it a is. happy thought today, how about that for a happy thought? I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. You know, I mean, Bill, isn't it true? There's a lot we could be sad about in this world. Oh, uh, there's a lot we can tons. lament. Yes. There is so much that would bring us down. But, you know, we are children of God. We are the beneficiaries of grace. We are completely loved. We are completely forgiven. We know how history is going to end. So, you know, there's always a reason we can find to rejoice. And uh, it's a good word coming from Psalm 19. I love that, Brent. Find a way to rejoice. I mean, I know we often say, well, what are you grateful for? Um, and that's a good good practice. But I love the 
find ways to rejoice. Scripture says yes. rejoice always. And I always think, I can't be that happy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I do believe that um, while many people experience all kinds of hardships, and certainly it's true, some people have harder roads to walk than others. Um, we've all got reason to rejoice. And, uh, and we've all got on the, on the balance of the ledger sheet, more on the positive sign than the negative because of God's love and grace to us. So every day, yes, not just to give thanks, but to rejoice, you know, to sing a song, to, um, to not let your joy be stolen by the, the cares of the world and the, the negativity of people around you. But rejoicing is a choice. And uh, it's a choice that I think God wants us to make every single day. Yeah, Brent, when you get outside and you, you say that it's important to get out of the house and make sure you enjoy God's creation, when you do that, do you find that you not only hear from God, but you, you physically uh, decompress from the stress of life and some of the issues that you have that are causing you to maybe to stay up and, and not sleep at night? Yes. I feel I find that it puts my cares in perspective. Um, I, I think about the um, uh, the beauty of the stars, or, or Bill. I've got a I've got a great view of where I live of the Smoky Mountains. Oh, nice! And I can I can step outside and I can I can get a little bit of the scope of creation and history, and uh, I can be like David, you know, soul. Why, why are you so downcast? You know, it's like, it's like yeah. David was saying, soul, what's up with you? You know, why are you so worried? You know, what, what's got you so troubled? And I can feel my blood pressure going down. I can feel my uh, thoughts lifting up higher and I can experience um, the peace of God again. That's what nature does for me. And it's a, it's a gift that anyone can enjoy. No kidding. No, Brent, what we're going to do is take a very short break, and I want to come back, and we've covered about six verses of Psalm 19, and, and now some of the verses that are ahead I'm very excited about. Like verse 7 says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. That sounds like a promise to me. That's right. Yeah, I think that the pivot that you're looking at is from the nonverbal word to now the verbal, the written word, as the second way that God speaks. Yeah, and we will go through that. Uh, Dr. Brent McDougall is my guest. And if you have a question or comment, we are going through Psalm 19. It's a fantastic 14-verse psalm. I really encourage you to read it and maybe even go as far as starting to memorize several of the verses because they're so powerful. Uh, so we're going to take a break and come back. But if you have a question or comment, feel free to send it over. 877 933 Again, 877-933-2484. Dr. Brent McDougall is my guest, and we will be right back. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. 
Jump in your car. Yeah. What's for dinner? Hey. It's the afternoon show with Bill Arnold. I'm with Dr. Brent McDougal. McDougal today. He's a senior pastor at First Baptist Church of Knoxville, Tennessee. And he is uh, nice enough today to talk about Psalm 19, which is a psalm I love. He loves it too. And our, our topic is how how God speaks and the importance of being in God's Word. And I, I love now we're down to verse 7, where the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. That's a verse to memorize, Brent. Yes. You know, in these simple verses, it is amazing, Bill, because there is no greater declaration of the importance of Scripture anywhere else in the Bible. In these three verses, really, seven through nine, there are six lines of thought, and uh, there's there's an order to all of this. And so within those six lines of thought, there are six titles for Scripture. It's called the statutes and the law in verse 7. It's the precepts and commandments in verse 8 and the fear and decrees in verse 9. And then there are six characteristics of Scripture. It's perfect and trustworthy. It's right and radiant, pure and firm. And then there are six benefits of Scripture. So it refreshes the school, makes wise the simple, gives joy to the heart, light to the eyes, endures forever and produces righteousness. There's no greater declaration of the importance of scripture than that. I mean, it just says, you know, God's word that is written, you know, we've dealt with the the nonverbal in in God's creation, but the verbal written word of God um, is so amazing. And uh, it's worthy of the investment of time and energy to know God's word. Now, Brent, I don't want to make you repeat yourself, but I want to see all that on a whiteboard everything you just said. <laughs> I mean, because it's, it's so significant. I mean, what you pack, unpacked in those three verses is amazing. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the symmetry that, that, that David used to describe it. You know, it was, it's poetic. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, and it's, it's just so comprehensive in the way that it's described. I believe that um, that's what that it really means when we come to the end of the psalm when it says may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart i really think the meditation is is what he's just done you know he says god i want i want what i've just said about your word to be pleasing to you you yeah. know and acceptable in your sight yeah because you could just tell i mean you know bill david had everything he had the most wealth he had people who were serving him night and day. He had vast armies. And all of that, uh, when you put it together, doesn't compare to what he says about the word of God. I mean, it says so much about David that this is the way he valued God's word. Mm -hmm. Because I know there are people who are in their car and they sometimes feel distracted when they're driving. And I just fussed over those three verses, seven, eight, and nine. I am going to ask you, uh, Brent, if you wouldn't mind walking us through that one more time, because I sure. I want to take notes myself. Okay, so there are um, in these in these little verses there are six titles for Scripture. So the first one is that um, it's the law of God. Now the law isn't just a bunch of legal rules, but when you see the phrase "the law of God," that means God's ways, God's teachings, God's instructions. And 
And David says his law, his way and teachings are perfect. Now that word perfect means complete. God's word is complete for us. Everything that we need to understand who God is and who we are and what we're called to do, the word is fully sufficient for our spiritual needs. Then it says the precepts, or another word for that, uh, the testimonies of the Lord um, are, are sure, and they make wise the simple. So um, just a quick word here, Bill, when it's talking about you know the law of God, the testimony of God, the um, different ways of describing the commands of God, et cetera. It's all, it's all essentially describing the same thing. It's all about the, the written word of God. And so it says the testimony is sure. It is, it's firm, it's fixed, stable. It's, it's not like the fleeting and the unstable words and judgments that human wisdom can bring. So it continues on to say how God's word is morally upright it gives word, you know, gives joy to the heart. The commands of God are like light to the eyes. The decrees of the Lord are firm. It's describing not only the characteristics of God, but also the, the benefits of God. You know, Bill, there's a, there's a lot of bad religious teaching out there. Uh, would you agree with that? Oh, completely. <laughs> there's a lot of people who are spreading false ideas, many people who interpret scripture in, in, a, in a way that's just not correct. Um, but there are people out there who also are looking for answers. I mean, they, they need real help. They need help with their marriages. They need wisdom to run their business. They need help with anxiety. And I believe that this comprehensive way of describing God's word, David is saying that every challenge of human existence, there's no substitute for the word of God. We may find help in other in other places, you know, from uh, wise counselors and and certainly those who proclaim God's word, the the family of faith. But there's no substitute for for the actual word of God. It is it is utterly dependable and perfect. David is saying um, so that so that we can benefit from it. Brent, so when I read in verse nine, the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. Say more about that. The fear of the Lord is a, is a beautiful um, phrase that is connected to a sense of reverence for God. And so um, what's interesting, Bill, is that here David is using the word fear as it relates to Scripture. Now, I don't believe there's anywhere else in all of Scripture where that idea of reverence or fear is also equated with God's word. But what it's pointing to is the, is the holiness of and um, the way that God is represented in such a powerful way within Scripture, so that we might, um, you know, think about Isaiah 66 when it says, "God is looking for people who are humble and contrite at heart, who tremble at My word." You know, the word should cause us to tremble, um, it, and that's uh, because uh, the fear of God, the very reverence of the awe of God, is embedded within the holy words of God. Okay. I appreciate that explanation. That's really, really good. All right. Verse 10, Brent, they are more precious than gold than much pure gold. I think the first time I read that, I had a hard time saying that correctly because it seemed like awkward phrasing. That's right. Yeah. More precious than gold. <laughs> um, more than much pure gold. Now, what we're dealing with here is... Uh, a typical kind of biblical 
uh, descriptiveness. And so uh, sometimes the the Bible will um, use phrases that almost kind of repeat themselves as a way to accentuate the truth that is being represented. So the word of God, the written word of God is more precious than gold, uh, than much pure gold. You know, it's a, it's a way that scripture is kind of doubling down, you know, and saying, you know, this is how important this is. Um, and uh, And think about this not only once, but twice, you know, compared to the gold that you have, uh, the money in your bank account, the possessions that you may have, there's nothing more valuable to you that could compare to the word of God. Uh, it is, it's, it's so worthy. It's so worthwhile. And if that is true, then uh, why do we spend so much time chasing other possessions and things that ultimately aren't going to last where the Bible says the word of God will endure forever. It's um, it's, it's so precious and is meant to be prized, you know, like, like someone holding, gold in their hands you know you you treasure that you you protect that and that's what i think david is saying we should do with god's word mm-hmm. brent are these metaphors were they being used to express the value and delight that we believers have in experiencing god's word because we I believe so. we, we yes. have such excitement about the idea of precious gold and and the sweetest honey the, those are just two interesting metaphors that's right Yes, I think it's trying to um, to say among all the things that you might carry in your hands or that you might even taste in your mouth that um, this is greater, this is more. You know, I, I took a drive not long ago, Bill, into uh, the foothills of Tennessee, and I stopped by a little roadside stand, you know, that sells vegetables yeah. and other products. Well, they had they had four or five different types of honey. And uh, this wonderful guy working the stand said, hey, I want you to try each of these types of honey. So there was wildflower honey and there was a there was sort of a darker honey. And I tell you what, uh, the taste of that so sweet and so good. Uh, I bought a jar of honey, you know, I, I had to take <laughs> it because it was so good. Uh-huh. So I think that um, here David is saying, um, again, that sort of double metaphor the words of God are sweeter than honey on our tongues, uh, than honey from the honeycomb just dripping off. When God's word starts to, to get into your heart, you know, imagine that sweetness infiltrating your heart, just like the sweetness might go into your stomach, then, um, then your, your heart is going to be glad because of that. It's a, it's a beautiful metaphor that's meant to bring a, a smile to our faces. Mm-hmm. Brent, and God's word will not only warn us, but guide us into a, a much better outcome in this life. And then, of course, in the life to come. That's right. So, you know, then there's sort of this third pivot within Scripture. It talks about the the importance of the nonverbal words of God, the, the written word of God. And then now it digs a little deeper because not only is it sweet to us and and good for us, David also says that this word is given for our protection. It is given for our delight and for our pleasure, but also um, by these words, your servant is warned. And um, in, in keeping these words, there is great reward. So verse 12 says, you know, who can, who can discern their own errors? You know, God, we, we need your word. We need your help in, in understanding the ways that we get off the wrong path and to find forgiveness for our hidden our hidden faults. So um, 
the law reveals our sin so that we can understand the ways in which we may be openly or in a hidden way are, are turning in the wrong direction. And, and what's even sweet about that is that it keeps us from further rebellion. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we could go even further with this. Obviously, we could fall deeply into sin. And yet God's word is like a backstop that helps to protect us. And David recognizes the value of God's word, not only sweet like a honeycomb, but also um, powerful like a shield in front of us. Mm-hmm. Dr. Brent McDougall is my guest. We're in Psalm 19. And in verse 12, Brent, it says, but who can discern their own errors? It's safe to say we all have at least four or five blind spots in our life. Right. We all do. And we often, of course, can't recognize those until they're kind of brought into the light. This is the journey of faith, Bill. We, um, we we know we have a long way to go. There's there's hidden pride within our hearts. There are attitudes that need correcting. Uh, there's self-sufficiency that needs to be rooted out. God's word helps us to do that. You mm-hmm. know, when we, we get immersed in God's word and we and we see it as like a mirror, then those hidden faults can come out. And you know, sometimes uh, people call out our faults in a in a really bad way, almost like a demeaning or demoralizing kind of way. But God is so good. And through God's word, we can see our hidden faults and we can work on those things by God's grace and and become better uh, as followers of Christ. Are those cracks in my character when we talk about hidden faults or is this sin? I would say it's it's both. Um, there are there are sins that result that come as a result of I think those cracks in the character. It's faulty thinking, or mm-hmm. it's it's a way of, um, um, of of being in the world that we might not recognize at one time as harmful, and yet we can see the the ill effects of that. So the hidden faults, you know represent i believe something that um is is within us it's it's you could think of it as like a fault line almost that's that's not not seen by everyone else but but it does show up from time to time representing something that's within our hearts and uh it's got to be dealt with Mm -hmm. dr brent mcdougall is my guest we're talking today about how god speaks and the importance of being in god's word we've been focusing on psalm 19 today we're going to uh, come back after a, a very short break, and we're going to continue with the last couple verses. I'm looking at 13 and 14, and I've got some big questions for Brent when we get back, so don't go anywhere. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. My guest is Dr. Brent McDougall, and spending time with him is almost feels like we're like we're eating a burger on your deck looking at the Smoky Mountains, Brent. <laughs> well, isn't it great to talk about God's Word, oh, Bill? It's the uh, best, and the fellowship is just wonderful. I know it, yeah. Well, I'm always grateful, um, and I thank, I thank God that, you know, God knows what, what we need to hear and, um, God has provided for us. And, uh, I think that's what, that's what Psalm 19 really 
is all about. It's just David marveling at the way that God speaks. And he's and he's kind of coming around to this idea of I want the the meditations of my heart, I want the words that I say to be um to be holy like God's words are to me. So it's a beautiful, beautiful psalm. Mm-hmm. Verse 13 is a little bone chilling for me. It says, keep your servant also from willful sins that they may not rule over me. There's something yeah. very dangerous about willful disobedience. Yes. But isn't it true that we do commit willful sins from time to time? And there are attitudes that we have that need to be uncovered. There are ways that um, sometimes we're not even aware of that we have for um, interacting with others or or even approaching God. And um, by God's grace, God God sometimes uses the the rod and the staff to help to correct us. We need that. And it's not because God wants to punish us. It's because God wants us to, to find the better way. And so um, just as a parent might might give a punishment to a child or a limitation or a restriction, so it is with God's word being given to us, you know, we need it uh, to learn the right kind of life. Mm-hmm. But when you talk to someone who claims to be a believer and they understand what God's truth is, and they know that they would be intentionally committing a sin, willfully disobeying, I think, doesn't that put people in some of the worst situation possible? It really does. I, I think that um, it it speaks to something within them that is not of God. And uh, it would grieve the Holy Spirit. It would certainly harm their witness to other people. And uh, something that, that has to be has to be dealt with. So David is is writing this psalm out of a sense of wonder first, but then it seems like he moves to the wonder of the heart. And he recognizes that even within his own self, that he could be prone to um, to fall into sin, just as he did with Bathsheba. You know, he he himself in a moment of weakness gave in to temptation. Uh, he suffered greatly because of the way that he fell into sin. And so David learned what it was to um, to willfully sin and to know what it was to have those sins rule over him. He he writes this from his own experience. And then, Brent, when I think of what David did as far as sin with Bathsheba and then having Uriah murdered, and then he says, then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. Well, mm. he knew what it was like to be forgiven. He did. He He knew what it was to fall on the mercy of God. Uh, he knew what it was to suffer because of the way that he had uh, turned uh, away from God. And he knew what it was to be restored. So in that way, uh, he demonstrates that um, even, the, even the greatest of biblical characters had many hidden faults. They had their own willful sins, and yet God's grace was able to restore them and put them on solid ground. So it's a word of hopefulness. But I think that it also calls us to every day come with a sense of humility uh, before God and and the learning of God's word, because we know that any one of us could fall into a, a willful sin. Any one of us could fall into a temptation uh, that uh, could um, harm our witness, um, hurt relationships around us, and ultimately you know, cause us to, to grieve the heart of God. So none of us are perfect. We need grace. 
and uh, and David learned that. Mm-hmm. And Brent, when we get down to verse 14, I love this verse. And of course, I've heard this verse probably quoted more than any other verse in Psalm 19. May these words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Yes. He's saying, wrapping it all up, that he wants everything to be pleasing to God that not only the words that he speaks, but also this particular meditation, this way of approaching God and talking about the heavens declaring God's glory and the way that God um, in God's law is meant to be honored. And so he wants everything that he does um, from the heavens all the way to 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 the rock bottom of his heart to be pleasing to God. And he says, Lord, you are my rock. You are my redeemer. He knows where salvation comes from. I love the way, Bill, that that David gives wholehearted praise to God. You know, he knows his own sin. He knows the way that he he fell from grace, and he knows that that God's goodness restored him. And so he's just meditating. He's he's lifting it all up before his heavenly Father and marveling at the way that the heavens declare God's glory and the way in which he himself experienced God's grace. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. And Brent, I find myself praying this prayer almost daily, especially when I come into a radio studio, that I pray that the words of my mouth would be pleasing in his sight. I mean, there's a lot of pressure every day to make sure that that is what I do, and that is what comes out of my mouth. Yes, yeah. We know um, that those who um, serve as teachers, those who uh, are proclaimers of God's word, that we are held accountable for the things that we say, the things that we do. And I do believe held to a higher standard because of the role that we have um, been given by God's grace. And so this is why it's so important that we just stay immersed in God's word, you mm-hmm. know, fervent in prayer. Um, that I, I like one, the way one theologian put it, he said, we should be pickled in God's word, you know, just <laughs> constantly immersed yeah. and, and just seasoned by it. Because um, really at the end of the day, you know, it's, all we have is Christ, you know, all we have is his word and to give to other people. It's not our wisdom. It's um, it's his to give. He's the, the source of salvation. He's the the hope of heaven. And that's what we offer. We are imperfect vessels who point to a perfect and loving God. And that's a, that's a, um, both a, a sort of a daunting idea, but also so full of grace when we recognize God's goodness. Mm-hmm. Brandon, in my life, I don't think I've ever seen a time where God's word has been more under attack than right now. Mm. Yes. I, don't know, I don't know how you feel. But then I read verse 7, and it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. There's so much distortion. Uh, it's the multiplicity of words that are just a wash over people. And it's really hard to tell what's up and what's down these days. But this is why um, we need to be committed, as David was, to actually studying God's word for ourselves. Uh, you know, listening to um, gifted teachers and proclaimers, yes, but also doing all that we can to meditate, uh, to listen to God's word and let that speak because through the Holy Spirit, um, God will show us the right way. Uh, many people just don't know God's word and we're, we're so busy. We're so 
um, overwhelmed by life. We just mm-hmm. don't have time to study it. But this is this is where we learn about Jesus Christ. And so we've got to dig into it and got to be meditating because he is the, the rock and the redeemer. Yeah. I just got a text about the, about verse 7 uh, of Psalm 19, meaning the verb is movement back to the point of departure where the, the law of the Lord helps us move back towards the close fellowship with God like that enjoyed by Adam and Eve before they sinned. Hmm. That's so good. That's yes. pretty high and mighty, isn't it? That is good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I well, love that. Well, Brent, come back on anytime you want. That's an open invite. Thank you so much. I, I love being with you, Bill. I love your spirit and your teaching. Uh, it always encourages me. So thank you so much for what you do. Well, I feel like I was hanging out with a friend for an hour. And I know Definitely. that um, people that tune into the show sense that, that this is enjoyable conversation between two people that like each other. They get to talk about God's word. It's a, it's a gift. So thank you for the invitation. Yeah. I'll do it again. Glad to be- thank you so much. You bet. Pastor Dr. Brent McDougall has been my guest and he uh, is at, he, the church he's at is the First Baptist Church of Knoxville. I knew it was a little bit of a end of the show brain freeze, but that's uh, where he is. And he's written in a really amazing book called Prayer Power, 40 Days of Learning to Pray Like George Mueller. That wraps up our show for the day and for the week. Thank you for supporting Faith Radio. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.